Hi, everyone. Welcome to Friday Night Live with your hosts, Ben and Rob. Bizarre storms, impossible geometry, sprites, elves, and more are photographed on Jupiter. What secrets lie on the massive planet that we don't fully understand? Yeah, also, animals are being studied for their strange behavior, revealing a shocking level of, of intelligence that wasn't previously known. Are crows, yes, crows, really as smart as human children? And can rats be trained in, get this, remote viewing? God, I hope not. <laughs> we'll if, see. If that weren't enough, join Edge of Wonder for this Friday Night Live with Rise.TV exclusive segments, a live Q&A, and the top 10 weirder news of the week to keep you laughing. We'll see you out on the edge. How are you doing, Rob? Good. How are you? Doing well. And by the way, if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and review. And also remember to like, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> to help us grow. I like and... I like the uh, pop culture um, references tonight. Oh, I yeah. Chicago on my shirt. Got a nice Empire Strikes Back hat there. Hat, yeah. Who do you think would win in a fight, Drago or Darth Vader? Well, Darth Vader has a lightsaber in the Force, so I don't think he has much of a choice. Drago, good point. (laughs) Now, if Drago had the Force, then maybe would be like talking Darth Drago. That's a pretty good name. That oh yeah. Imagine combining Darth Vader and Drago into one thing, and he showed up and he was like, "I will break you." Wow, literally. Just yeah, you know. Choking. Speaking <laughs> of uh, of pop culture, um, South Park's been around for for a really long time. I mean, since you and I were were teenagers. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think when they first. Def- well, they had like this like 95, 96, maybe. Yeah, I think that somewhere around there, and they had like one episode where the first one that they did, and then that was like a um, what I want to say, almost like a preview thing and then before they started the 97. show 97 okay yeah the first one the first episode ever was the one where eric cartman gets an anal probe <laughs> right right so it's like what an episode to start out with i'm not sure if everyone at home has seen it but south park joining the panderverse had to have been one of their funniest episodes of all time and i guess they're calling it a movie because it was like a 45 minute special episode it was almost 50 minutes actually yeah so yeah it it was a little bit more than just like it was more like two episodes in one yeah it was really funny it was really (laughs) funny the entire thing revolved around just pointing out how how truly far disney has fallen from reality yes and um and <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy as a can- character shows up in South Park because South Park doesn't care. And have you been following what has happened since this episode came out? No, I haven't actually. I've been out to fill you in. Yeah, I'm kind of curious myself. So, like, so people don't know what they replaced the. So there's like this alternate universe where everybody is playing like, um, 
women that are different, like multi-racial, different cultures of women playing like, you know, Stan Cartman and everything else. And so that's the premise of this. And it's just throws in every stereotype you can possibly think of. (laughs) Yeah. And Cartman just hysterically keeps saying to, (laughs) I I don't even know if I could like say the whole thing, but he's like, put a chick in it and make it G-A-Y, you know, (laughs) that's his line in it. The whole time. Cartman playing Kathleen Kennedy though. (laughs) Well, then there was from this alternate universe, (laughs) it is Cartman as Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. And then then, the real Kathleen Kennedy shows up. Like there was a split in the time, you know, (laughs) in the multiverse, I guess you could say. And they're making fun of everyone who uses the multiverse in their movies at the same time. Yes, they are really funny. It, it it really is. It's just like so because it's just getting so over the top that it that and it's yeah. And okay. basically, what they were trying to they the point they were making is that like Disney can't make anything now without like it's called like the whole show is called um in uh, into the Panderverse, right or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, without pandering to these like these demands, I guess from <clears throat> I don't know if it's their shareholders or whoever. Um, <clears throat> to basically put more minority stuff in there, like whatever you want to call it. I don't even like calling it that because it's yeah. whatever. It's just, um, well, like for example, on the show, Cartman is replaced by a black woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just great the way they do it actually. Yeah. Cause, cause like if, if anyone else tried to do this, you're just like, ah, how are they getting away with this? You know, it's like really, but it's just South. Park. Well, and, and also like there were some other funny things like, you know, not to spoil it, but it's like no one in this, in our current society knows how to do anything anymore. So the handymen <laughs> end up becoming billionaires. <laughs> And and so like these handymen have like all these money now, this money now and and like no one can even like fix their oven. And it was just really, really well done. Yeah, it, it was from 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 that. They make fun of Elon and Mark Zuckerberg. <clears throat> yeah, they, they make fun of everybody. Pretty they much. make fun and, of everyone. AI, too. And how it's like, oh, AI is going to be taken over. So we'll just let AI do everything for us practically. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But it's so- like yeah, AI can't fix your broken house yeah <laughs> right. now they were they, you know they were they were pretty hard on on disney and specifically on kathleen kennedy because of all of the moves she's been making to destroy star wars and and some of these other other classics right like mm-hmm. indiana jones and stuff and uh they were pretty hard on her but also like for the fans that know what's really going on they felt like south park really held back and they were too nice to her believe it or not Actually, I, I can see that. Yeah, we, we, you know, play both sides, kind of. Yeah, and we're not really giving anything away. M- most of this stuff we're talking about happens right at the very beginning of the show, so it's not like you, you know, there's, you know, but but yeah, there there is a part where I, I actually thought that myself. I was like, wow, the, you know, they went hard on her at one point, and then later there's something that happens, and I was like, well, I'm kind of surprised that they went. This well, I think they played route, that. But... In my opinion, they played it really smart. I think but they I, did. I think they they, did they said really poignant things. They made their point, but then they also were able to like balance it out. But of course, these people that are that are <laughs> trying to destroy Star Wars and some of these other things, like they're 
they're ruthless in how they're changing these stories and trying to destroy <laughs> men and all of this stuff, right? They cannot take feedback. One of the biggest, strangest things is that when fans don't like what they're doing, they're criticizing the fans. They're publicly yeah, they criticizing are. the fans for not liking their poor writing. Which well, is and, and that's like, exactly what, what Kathleen Kennedy said at one of the um, events and publicly. She did. You know, she, I, oh, I mean, she constantly does it. Says yeah. It and she, she was, you know, it's like, well, we're not going to like, you know what like not she didn't say it this way but it's like we're not going to bow to the fans but it, it was it was a little bit more nicely said than that but um you know and then um who 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 was it that wrote the uh Ryan Johnson yes he yeah. criticized um JJ Abrams for for like kind of writing classic star wars yeah yeah for the for the third movie he's like oh you 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 know you you actually like did what the fans want and it's like yeah, because J.J. Abrams has like a couple of brain cells. So <laughs> yeah, um, he, he said later that he regretted that he just didn't do the whole trilogy. Right. So, he should have. It, it would have been way better. It would have been way better. But he still would have had to deal with K.K., Kathleen mm -hmm. Kennedy. 100%. And so he, it, it wouldn't have gone his way. I mean, even the first movie could have been better. But anyway, so what happened after South Park dropped? Full on meltdown at Disney. <laughs> like Bob Iger. Kathleen Kennedy, Kathleen Kennedy, like they're all getting into these rooms. They're trying to figure out what to do about South Park. They're trying to press charges against South Park. I was wondering they're to, that they're they're like getting their legal teams activated. They have mass unsubscribes from Disney because of the episode. <laughs> and it's not South Park's fault. Like if they were writing good content, no one would care. Right. So they like they're blaming South Park instead of looking at themselves saying like what? Okay. What one exactly? Why did South Park do this? You know, what what are we and it's like why are they having such a mass audience? That, that would be that would be yeah, the why are they yeah, why are they having mass unsubscribes? Yeah, yeah. So it Kathleen Kennedy, instead of like saying, Hey, you know, this is a good point or whatever, she has basically publicly stated that they are going to double down on their strategy to bring in more of this SJW stuff to everything that they're doing. And South Park, meanwhile, and Paramount, now you have to understand, right now, Disney's arch enemy in the streaming wars is Paramount Plus. And it's Paramount that came out with South Park. Paramount has access to Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is making all of these movies for Paramount that are being wildly successful because Tom Cruise is not screwing around. He's trying to make good films. Meanwhile, Disney is trying to add in all of this SJW stuff to everything. Everything is bombing. They're losing billions and billions of dollars. And then they have people like KK running around in their, in their company. And now she wants to double down on all of this stuff and, and, and just do more of it. Everything else. And South Park is yeah. like, now they're trying to figure out how to make sequels to this where they start targeting like the new Snow White movie where like the dwarves were all of these like minority people. Actually... If you think about it, like this Disney film or this like remake of Snow White that they were trying to do where they're adding in all of these like different people was is really actually insulting. I think it's like white people who don't understand this issue trying to add in all of these like different people to be these dwarves or whatever. Meanwhile, it's like real dwarves who need work are not getting work in like the movie that's yeah. going to give them work. <clears throat> well, and, and in real life, they've um, 
Because it, it all revolved around the, the one famous actor who, who's the one dwarf actor is oh um uh oh peter dinklage yeah. yes because he he made a comment about disney and then like literally all these um dwarfs like they started speaking out saying like hey this is our livelihood like we want like they should yeah. be high like what's wrong with this like having us um being these characters and it's like so many of them like you know now especially i mean everyone grew up on snow white you know no matter what age you are when you were a kid so it's like to them this was this would be a great opportunity and instead well, and it's gotten it's to this point weird. where because of peter dinklage saying what he said like these film companies are not willing to hire dwar dwarves anymore for stuff and they're like this is how we make a living yo that's what I mean. So, that's, that's exactly it. So it does. It just it's really weird. It, so right now, <laughs> Disney is trying to do whatever it can to take action against Paramount and Paramount's basically like, then we'll keep making content on this. And the thing is, all the loopholes that they keep trying to find these legal loopholes, everything that they're doing is protected because it's parody. Like they can do yeah, whatever actually, they want you're, you're, because you're it's right. parody. Mm -hmm. And so they can't. So now it's like they're trying to contact them and use these like, you know, I guess you could say underhanded means or these personal relationship means to actually put a lot of pressure on South Park. So they're actually trying to put an enormous amount of pressure on the creators of South Park. And I think they don't understand that these guys don't care. They're in the business of, of giving no, you know, what's about <laughs> everything. So it's like, I think they're just going to dig into it and do more. And so well, it's kind even, of fabulous what's going on. I think it was Trey Parker that said, like, I, I can't believe we haven't been canceled yet. I mean, they, they, they literally were trying to get themselves tr uh, canceled. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> like put on a badge. The, yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, they're, 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 they're like the one episode where it was like macho man that was pretty Pretending to be a girl and like when they, they were that was one of the episodes where they were like yeah we, we've been trying to get canceled for like 10 years and they still won't cancel us and then like the whole thing about china so it's just it's just hilarious it's like now it's just like yeah it's just south park that's just you know everyone just accepts that but it's just really really funny though so that's anyway for real if happens. you all have not seen that episode I do highly recommend it. You will laugh <laughs> your butt off. Um, and looking into what's going on behind the scenes is quite funny um, right now. They're doubling down and I think it's just going to, it's going to spell disaster for them. Um, yeah. In other news, um, real green ooze has been coming out of the sewer. Dude, this is crazy. Look it's at like, this. This is that this is in New York City, too. So everyone's like, is there really secret? So everyone is expecting to see, of course, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show up anytime now in New York City. Yeah, maybe they may be officially taking over New York City. Um, the ooze was spotted near the World Trade Center. And people immediately made the connection to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's so crazy. probably quote, it's probably part of the district heating system. They literally add antifreeze to these systems. <laughs> Maybe the green stuff to make it easier to see. Does it smell, one said, attempting to get to the bottom of the mystery? This is weird, yeah. Uh, moderators on X attached a reader's added context box in an attempt to shed light on the origin of the slime. This is water full of green dye 
Plumbers frequently use harmless fluorescent green dye to detect leaks in plumbing and sewage systems, it read. A Wikipedia link to a page about dye tracing was also included. I guess they were worried that people might actually think that that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were going to show up. I guess so. Uh, so I, I still don't really, I mean, like you said, they, they said that the, the, they, they add green dye to detect leaks in the plumbing, but it's like, why don't we see it all the time then? <laughs> yeah, I've never, that's what's, that's what struck me as weird. No, I'm like, I can, I can ask my dad. My dad's a plumber. Like yeah, I could ask, ask him if they would that. do that, but I, I can see them doing that. Like if they're trying to track down a leak somewhere in a big system like that, but it's still odd. Like, why haven't we seen it before? You'd think we would have seen that multiple times. Or it's like common knowledge. Yeah. It's, it's, I almost felt like they, 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 like they jumped up, like the moderators jumped on, like explaining away what that is. Like, why waste your time with that? It's green ooze coming out of the sewer. Can we just have a good time and talk about it without context? Or some kind of radioactive chemicals, you know? And they're like, oh, it's just fluorescent green dye to detect leaks. But it's yeah. like, well, well, is that dye toxic? Like, where is this water going? You know, granted, it is like the plumbing system. But yeah, I mean, dude, we were in New York for like 12 years. I've we never had, heard we were of that. there for a long time. We've never seen green toxic waste. Coming never, out yeah. And then like no one on the internet seems to know about this either. You know, everyone's yeah. like freaking out about these, these, this video and, and it's like, yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's just super weird. So yeah, ask your dad. I'm really curious to see what he's I'll find out. Well, Hey you guys, let's play a trailer. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, Jupiter. Jupiter. Hey, this but, is crazy. Yeah. I, but before we do, um, by the way, so if you liked this, we have a whole segment on weirder news. And so um, we'll do it on Rise TV later uh, at the end of the show. So top 10 weirder news of the week. And um, yeah, so it's always a lot of fun. And so join us um, exclusively on Rise.TV for, for that. All right. It's weird. It's informative. It's supernatural. It's Friday Night Live on Rise.TV. We looked into Microsoft's launch of the next version of ChatGPT, which even has developers wondering if technology is going too far. Well, everyone is sick of fear and politics, which is why we started this show back in 2018 to talk about the weirdest news and most entertaining information we find each week. Nickelback might be the reason why we have life on Earth. The advertising board caused hilarity among many drivers. A real life Terminator liquid metal T-1000. Let's laugh at the headlines on Friday Night Live on Rise.TV. What up? <laughs> so you guys, yeah, that that is our definitely our weirder news segment that we have. And you can find that on Rise TV later in the show. We're also doing a weirdest uh, news and or weirdest. Yeah, news in history that we're finding, too. So I want to get right into this. Ben, did you see this face yet? Yeah, I did. Jupiter. So this is this is all Jupiter. How you know we we always think Saturn is really weird. Oh, it, it's gonna get full Jupiter on. Jupiter is just as weird as Saturn. So when I saw this, I was like, I had no idea the well, Ohio it, melon heads were on Jupiter. This is it's kind of hard to see this photo. I don't know why it's dark on that side, but okay, there you go. 
It looks exactly. It looks like Sylvester Stallone if his face was on Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adrian, come to my planet. I actually, I, I, I was thinking of like a seventies, like black boxer or something. Like he almost looks like he has a fro. <laughs> oh yeah, on the top there, sure. Yeah. But. No, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's yeah, all this like swirling. Like these are all storms on Jupiter or different. Actually, it looks like a painting. Like, yeah, I, I, like, no, no joke. No joke. If you were just like, ah, I almost wish you're just like, hey, Ben, what what is this? My first hmm. guess would have been like uh, maybe some abstract painting or something, you know, that that's like, yeah, yeah. you know, that that literally would have been my first guess. All right, let's take that down. It has lots of bad energy in it. <clears throat> so yeah um okay so there's a lot of spots on jupiter we're going to kind of be going into this a little bit now this these photos are nasa x-ray telescopes reveal the bones oh sorry are we going to show that wait, wait what are what's up lindsay tell us what this is uh, this one is just photos of jupiter the last one with the face was uh nasa's juno mission saw an eerie face on Jupiter. Yeah, we're going to get back into those uh, storms in a second. This next thing that I jumped to is really, really fascinating, and I want to get Ben's reaction yeah, on this. This is insane. Yes. So this is NASA X-ray telescopes basically reveal the bones of a ghostly cosmic hand. Now, NASA's X-ray telescopes combined their imaging powers to unveil the magnetic field bones of a remarkable hand-shaped structure in space. No, no, they're saying ghost, uh, the cosmic hand, but it's it, it's also been referred to as the hand of God, right? <laughs> so that that's if you look up the hand of God, that's actually what you're going to find. But this is this is a very clear photo, like even more clear than what I've seen. Yeah. So the the. The, they must have left this like their cameras on for like an absurdly long amount of time in order to capture this. But yeah, it's X-rays. Yeah, let me read this. Um, Infrared, I mean. Right, right. So the IXPE data gives us the first map of the magnetic field in the hand, said Roger Romani of Stanford University in California, who led the study. The charged particles producing the X-rays travel along the magnetic field determining the basic shape of the nebula like the bones do in a person's hand. So what's mm. weird is this is kind of proof that particles make up our bodies like celestial objects make up bigger bodies. Like, is it a hint of a more of like, there are like, there are more enormous beings out there. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, th this, this has been, this has been a huge, massive conversation with so many like people looking into metaphysical aspects and you know philosophy and everything else. But but so what yeah, this this is one of the original photos, and then like uh, the one that we saw previously is just super clear. But what it's but when you really look at this, it's like the the where the the swirls are, especially in the in like the middle, what looks like the middle finger there. That's what it's saying. It looks like there's like literal bone structures. Like, yeah. how, like if you were to look at an X-ray of a hand with bones, it would look very similar. Similar to, to this. Yeah. So, 
you know, and, and then it's like, I always like the, the end of men in black, even though it's like these giant aliens, you know, cause it's like, they have the cat that has the, the, the belt or the, the, necklace. the necklace, you know, and it has like this universe inside of it, which is why they're, they're like, so, you know, trying to get this necklace. And then at the end of this, the movie, you know, you see like things zooming out and then it's just these like aliens playing with these like marbles that are actually other universes and stuff. But it's like, you know, yeah, there you go. But but in this in this sense, you know, like Taoism has always talked about how, um, you know, they believe that the 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 human body is is like the miniature of a universe, because if you were to like if we if I mean, this is the thing, if we have really had the ability to look at our human body and not just like one molecule or, or particle or anything, you know, like one atom even. But if we could look at the the entire atoms of a human body. Yeah, what would that look like? What would that look like? You know, they, they can kind of do it already with the brain and the neurons and and how it looks like nebulas um, in space. But still, I mean, yeah, we have no idea, you know, and, and I think that's what's so fast. I think this is why we're also as a human race so fascinated with the multiverse as well, because, it, you know, it's like so many people are into time travel. In fact, it's probably one of the number one things on that people are really into, you know, time travel, multiple dimensions, and just like how dimensions manifest in different realities. And it's like, you know, it may not just be like you go in another dimension. It could be a massive, totally different, you know, size wise yeah. and everything else. So, so anyway, um, yeah, it's just really the, the, to me, this, this is really cool. I, I just think that this is more proof that, whether this like represents a divine being or whatever it is, it, it definitely is proof that to me, at least that there is a divine creator, you know, in our, in our universe, that everything has an order to it and that we can find elements of God in almost anything when we really look, look into it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's more going on with Jupiter that's putting it in, um, in perspective today. Uh, or in the spotlight today, rather. Jupiter is at its brightest today, November 3rd, 2023. Today? So today, wow. it's at its brightest, closest to the Damn Earth. That. It's also directly across from the sun. That's why it's so bright. Now... Mm, okay, that makes is, sense. The, sun, the light is reflecting on it. Yeah. More. This next picture... Um... Jupiter's poles show strange geometric arrays of storms. Yeah, well, this will just take a second to pull up. But basically, um, the University of Chicago recently reported at the North Pole, eight storms. Like, you got to see this. Dude, this I mean, is the this North is Pole. Insane. Like, at first, I was like, is this a picture of hell? But I realized that, like, it's not fire. These are like, they're. They're finding a way to take pictures of this. But have you ever seen a storm system like this? Dude, this never goes away. Like most it's, it's like the Saturn, the storm on Saturn. Like it, it never yeah. storm on Saturn. It's right. It, it never it never goes away. And, and I um, think that it took them so long to show us a picture of this because they cannot explain it. Like you might there are eight that. storms around that thing and they never go away. You know what this reminds oh, me of? It, it remi actually reminds me of a singing bowl. 
you know, when you put water in a bowl and then like you, you add music to it and there's like shapes and stuff that form in the water, this is very similar to what I've seen with this, with those singing bowls, now, with the, with the water yeah. in it. And what's weird is the South pole also has a similar arrangement, but there are five storms instead of eight and they never go away, dude. I can't believe we've never known about this. That's so interesting. There's no, there's been no drifting or merging with the current, like with these things, like they, they, like the current understanding of science would suggest that these storms would drift or merge or do something. None of that happens. They cannot explain this. Well, and I guess Voyager, what we, you know, Voyager was the one that was going out through all of the planets and photographing them that they sent out. And, and so it didn't really go in detail with the planets it was just kind of taking them from afar and kind of like move on to the next planet and now it's like you know now it's beyond our solar system it's the only uh, thing that we know of to you know that we've created that's beyond our solar system now and it's just drifting in space but um okay so, yeah. so it says here that in the 90s scientists observed similar behavior as they used electrons to simulate <laughs> frictionless turbulent 2d fluid as it cools instead of merging which happens in 2d flows small vortices would clump together and form equally spaced arrays or vortex crystals as they call them around a center yeah that's really weird so it's unclear whether the same physics underlies both this and what's happening on jupiter hmm. Remember in the 90s, what was it? I think it was July of 1994 where that giant um, like meteor hit, hit Jupiter mm -hmm. and it broke apart. And um, they thought it was going to have way more of an impact. But I, I, I mean, now throughout the years, I've heard so many things. I heard that there was like some alien presence that were like hidden among the rocks that were like observing everything and just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. Something might, something else might've actually happened and caused an effect on, on Jupiter, but they just didn't really tell us. So there's definitely a lot of things related to uh, what happened. Yeah. July 16th to, to, to the 22nd. I remember when this happened, it was uh, it's called shoemaker levy nine. I have no idea why it was called that, but comet shoemaker levy nine. Hmm. That's a weird name. It was a very weird name, but it was a, but the, 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 the uh, meteor was like the size of earth before it broke up. Wow. That's, that's not a meteor. That's yeah. <laughs> That's a planet yeah. hurtling through. It was it was massive. It was like I think almost the planet how, size. How size does a planet-sized meteor form? Like a massive planet must have broke apart, and one of the pieces was that size. That that's the only thing I can think of too. So um, that's nuts. All right. Yeah. So the James Webb Telescope spotted a new speedy jet stream in Jupiter's atmosphere. So a new jet stream with stable winds was spotted way further above where it was expect expected moving twice as fast as the jet streams below about 311 miles per hour or mm. 500 kilometers per hour. Um, that's pretty weird because there's no theory that predicts a change in the winds at this altitude. It's not clear what causes the speedy jet, but if you have very intense motions, you do need energy to produce them. 
Uh, so the physics at the equator is tricky. In uh, swiftly turning planets like Jupiter and Earth, uh, how do you pronounce this? Coriol Coriolis? Coriolis forces steer atmospheric currents to the right in uh, the northern hemisphere and to the left in the south. So at the equator, where there are no Coriolis forces, different factors are at play. What is Coriolis? I'm not even 100% sure what that means. So in on the I Earth, think... in the northern hemisphere, if you looked at the atmosphere, it's all swirling to the right. In the southern hemisphere, it's all swirling to the left. Oh, yeah. Okay. Later, there are no forces, though, there. Yeah, that that's right. I Okay. And, and that's why... This is what this is a why I think we can partly prove disprove the uh, flat Earth because above the equator, it's when you like flush a toilet, it's going one way, and below the to below the equator, it's going the opposite direction. Which I think people have attempted to debunk lately. Lindsay was telling me recently, and I I completely rejected that, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's okay. Like well, let's, yeah. Anyway, we got. I want to get into some Jupiter facts here because I don't think a lot of people really understand this planet. So Jupiter is absolutely massive. It's the largest planet in the solar system. It's 318 times the size of Earth. It's, it's 318 times the size of Earth. Yeah, it's big. It's 2.5 times more massive. Listen to this. 2.5 times more massive than all of the other planets in the solar system combined with Saturn. So if you combine all of the other planets in the solar system, it's still two and a half times more massive than all of those planets put together. And it's also got 95 moons. 95 moons. Yeah. That's a lot of moons. Can, can you imagine like what the sky would be like? I just want to. <laughs> I just want to know why the how those moons don't bump into one another. I mean, they all have their own orbits, so I know. But yeah, I mean, they're all they're, and they're, if they're all traveling at the same speed, you know, with the orbit of Jupiter, then it makes sense. I mean, some of it's pretty spread out, you know, but still, that would look really, really, really cool. I found. Listen to this, Ben. This fact is really, really weird. If Jupiter got any more massive, it would actually get smaller. Additional mass would hmm. make it more dense, which would cause it to start pulling in on itself. Astronomers estimate that Jupiter could end up with four times its current mass and still remain about the same size. Interesting. It's as big as it can get at a certain point, if you, even if you add mass to the, to the entire thing. It would just be a very dense, much more dense. Now, Jupiter is the fastest spinning planet in our solar system. It takes 10 hours to complete a full rotation on its axis. That's two and a half times faster than Earth. That's crazy. That is weird. I, I was thinking it was the opposite because it was bigger. I forgot about yeah. that. Uh, so that it spins faster. A day in Jupiter is 10 hours, basically 10 hours. Okay, because it spins, listen to this, because it spins so rapidly, the planet flattens out at the poles and bulges at the equator. Its rapid rotation helps generate Jupiter's powerful magnetic fields, which are 14 mm -hmm. times stronger than Earth's. Okay, so, it, you know, 
to help you guys kind of picture this, like uh, the mass on Jupiter, you can kind of picture a souffle rising. So dense bread has more stuff in it, but is smaller than like a puffy souffle. <laughs> right. Nice picture. Um, it's funny. Okay. And then, you know, the, this mysteriously disappearing spot. So we've all known for the longest yeah. time that Jupiter has a massive, just massive storm on it. And it has been, I mean, how like that storm was first seen in 1665. So how, why all of a sudden after hundreds and hundreds of years is this spot slowly changing and diminishing? So the speeds in this in this storm are 300 miles per hour. It's large enough to contain two to three planets the size of Earth's diameter. And it's been around for at least 350 years at least. It's shrinking and is estimated uh, at half the size it was when it was first observed in 1665. This is super weird. Yeah, okay, now... Yeah, so there's these things called uh, sprites and elves that have been seen mm -hmm. in Jupiter's clouds. They're yeah. these like luminous events, I guess you could say, that last only milliseconds. So sprites are these stratospheric, mesospheric uh, perturb perturbations, excuse me, resulting from intense thunderstorm electrification. We have them. I mean, yeah, we we see them on Earth too, quite sure. a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've showed those on the show and whatnot. But have you I ever can heard imagine of elves, though. I haven't heard of the elves aspects, but I, I can imagine on Jupiter they're probably like you know hundred times larger than what we're seeing on Earth. So, well, what's weird is these elves things are uh, emission of light and very low frequency perturbations due to electromagnetic pulse sources and they look like expanding donuts or rings reaching up to 300 miles wide yeah i figured they were a lot bigger massive now these are sprites i assume yeah yeah i think these are on earth though but yeah, this yeah they is, do have some of those they're very, they're very common okay yeah so nasa uh, which, you know, who knows if this is true or not because it's NASA, but they recorded the sound of Jupiter. Yeah, this was from Voyager. It's a weird, uh, it's a weird noise. We should play this. Saturn is definitely the weirdest. Saturn and Jupiter always weirded me out, though, the yeah. sounds that they make. Lindsay's pulling it yeah, up you here. You found a file that's a, a one hour of Jupiter sounds. Yeah, one hour of Jupiter. In case you never want to sleep again. <laughs> yeah. That looks like a painting, too. I can hear it. Yeah. It's just like a really, it almost sounds like a machine low. Go to the part where the wave's highest. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Now, oh, there you are. There it is. Wow. It's like something you would hear in a horror movie. Yeah, especially with that like eye looking at you right there. And I remember like Saturn was a lot deeper and Saturn's eerier. Yeah. But both Jupiter and, and Saturn. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess they can they can pick this up with like radio waves too. 
but uh yeah it's super weird it really is but um you know and then they say it's just this massive gas giant but i don't know no i'm always like wondering if there's really things going on on all these planets or even possibly the moons i mean 95 moons we can't like send a craft to each one of them to figure out what's I mean, going on there you aren't know? some of the moons on jupiter like close to the size of the earth yeah 100 percent. yeah even, even bigger than the earth <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah it's like we're, we're talking about like a massive massive system here so uh, yeah and they, they are finding more of them too which is so weird to think about yeah, there's already 95 moons on that planet. Like, yeah, now. there was there was originally 80, and now they think that they found 95, and there could be even more that they don't know about. So, yeah, can you, Lindsay? Can you look up what the biggest, the size of the biggest moon on Jupiter is? Yeah, that's not that's space station. Ganymede. Ganymede. Oh, yeah. Ganymede is the biggest moon, I think. It's bigger than Mercury and Pluto. So not the size of the... Okay, not the size Earth. of Earth, but still really big. Massive. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's a radius of 1,635 miles. That is still really big. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, very interesting there. Um, yeah, what is going on? I just like the, the most interesting part, I think, is like what is going on on the poles with those storms? It's so bizarre. It's very, it's very like specific, that. too. I mean, it, it, it really reminds me, uh, like I said, of, of this, this water sound bowls and doing experiments with water and everything so like i don't know what like I, i'm wondering i mean because i mean if if i had access to all the you know what, what i would say like secret space stuff and everything else like you know I, I would imagine that they would be monitoring this and studying it but we probably it's just like what's happening on saturn i don't know if we'll ever have a a, a official answer yeah know? this is really what's happening on saturn and it's like oh yeah well saturn has this weird storm and it's like uh yeah why is it i don't know and I, i'm with you like i don't know if i buy this idea that these are like gas giants like it's just gas on that planet really like why is it gas yeah, I mean, like, I think they explain it because of its size and all of this stuff, but it's like, well, right. Gas, I mean, like, does that mean it doesn't have like ground? Is it? It's just like if you if you went in one gas. way, you just go through the whole planet. You know, there's right. is there any like core or center? And and these are all things that you know only hypothetical at this point. They have no idea. They're just like, well, it's a gas giant, namely of uh, hydrogen and helium. They're called failed stars because they contain the same basic elements as a star. But this then, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just feeling like this is limited information. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I feel like. I mean, I don't know. And then, then they said, it's, like, it's not like they've sent something there. I mean, 
the, what they, I think from my understanding, be, um, you know, we're always taught that, that the gravity on Jupiter is so much greater. So it's like 800 times or something like that of earth as they say. So it's like, if you sent something there, it would just instantly just get pulled down, but pulled down where, you know, that yeah. that's what I mean. Like, does it just come, if it's all gas, does it just come out of the other side? Does it like fall forever? Does, does it, you know, it's like, it, it just doesn't make sense when you really like start thinking through the whole process. Like there's gotta be some kind of ground there. And if there's ground there, then like, who knows what, like, you know, maybe there's some kind of water or something, you know? So hmm. it'd be interesting to know. Yeah, so they've had flybys and orbits, but nothing. Yeah, they've had a lot of those. I don't know if anything would be able to. What? Well, it says it orbited around it. It didn't go to the surface. No, nothing went to the surface. Well, it peered below because it was yeah. orbiting. So, but it yeah, it, it's all in orbit. So they they've never had anything that actually went into the planet to like take photos or anything. It's all just orbit stuff and. But it's like you're you're only getting like, you know, and I think that's why they say that, because it's not like Mars where, where there is ground on Mars, you know, and there's a sky. But, um, mm. you know, but but I don't know. I feel like there was some movie I was watching recently, some sci fi movie. It's kind of the same thing. Like the, the sky was all like this kind of mm. weird gassy thing. But then after they got through that, it was just like normal world normal planet you know normal planet yeah so well hey um we got to do a trailer and when we come back we're actually going to get into like some really really fascinating stuff with rats Animals. yeah oh, it's going to be really interesting actually so hang on hold on to your hats and we'll be right back hidden beneath the sphinx there are whispers of a secret tucked away in antarctica Far from the modern world are ancient monuments and classified military operations. Pyramids found all around the globe may be covering up more than the ancient civilization of Egypt. But go back, back all the way to Atlantis. What if we uncovered the truth about ancient Atlantis, Antarctica, and Egypt, and how their secrets may change everything we think we know about history, advanced technology, psychic predictions come true, a Nazi search, and pyramids. Hollow Earth, warm oases, secret military operations, and pyramids, sacred geometry, the Sphinx's hidden treasure, elongated skulls, and the most famous pyramids of all. What do the secrets of our past mean for humanity today? Find out in Edge of Wonders series Ancient Civilizations. 
Well, if you are like us and you're interested <laughs> in ancient civilizations, uh, we delivered in in these series for sure. You guys got to go check these out uh, only on Rise.TV. And man, there's so much content. I just want to point out that first thumbnail there, Atlantis and Antarctica, that looks like a hippie version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It really does. Actually, wow, you're you're right. I was kind of thinking of he's um, like, come to Atlantis. It's a my it's my ancient civilization. In a parallel universe, maybe yeah. he did play that once upon a time. <laughs> I'm Conan the Barbarian here. Okay. Well, anyway, it uh, actually the one below it looks like a like a Jason. What's his name? Mo Momoa. Yeah, like maybe 25 years from now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. And How about that guy? That's um. Yeah, that's me. Just shocked at Ben riding a dinosaur there. So funny. Um. Well, yeah. So the the series is pretty awesome. Only on Rise TV. We've got tons and tons of videos there. If you're interested in our content. We could use the support. It's only $9.99 a month. You get all kinds of videos. You'll never get bored on there. Uh, and you'd be supporting a, a couple of uh, guys that are, you know, trying to trying to do right by you. Get yes. this content out and wake up humanity. So, um, sure, yeah. Sure. Um, gosh, this is super bizarre. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Ben. Scientists are training rats to do some strange things. I'm going to point this out. So neuroscientist Albert Lee and colleagues study how brains can go back in time by revisiting memories and jump ahead to imagine future scenarios. They call it mental time travel. They asked, can you be in one place and think about another place? So Lee, another scientist, Chongxi Lai and colleagues trained rats to move on a spherical treadmill in the midst of a 3D virtual world projected onto a surrounding screen. Now, while the rats poked around their virtual world, electrodes recorded signals from nerve cells in the rat's hippocampi, brain structures known to hold complex spatial information, among other things. In this way, researchers matched patterns of brain activity with spots in the virtual world. Next, the researchers wanted to know if the rats could imagine their way through the world. The animals were trained to mentally move a virtual cube to a twisty column using only brain activity patterns in the hippocampus. Man. So if the rodents jettied the cube correctly, they'd get a reward of water. In this <laughs> experiment, the virtual reality world was controlled by the rat's brains the rats physical movements on the treadmill no longer mattered so probably you're wondering what the heck are the implications of this so if rats minds can move in a virtual world or a real one what about humans uh so you know john vivanco is our resident psychic spy on our rise uh tv platform and he's consulted major governmental agencies and private corporations Using his remote viewing technique, his team of remote viewers will look at people and events remotely from far away. There are also applications, of course, for counterterrorism and so much more. So it's like, it almost appears like, yeah, like there's the start of something that's like much 
well deeper with this stuff yeah and honestly i think i I think this is very old technology that the military have already been experimenting with for yeah probably a couple decades now um i mean that that's one of the things that they always talk about the the crafts that that crash like there's no there's no piloting system there's no controls it's just it's actually like very basic inside very empty and so they, they find that it's all controlled through um, just through thoughts, uh, through like a complex thing that you put on your, you know, your head and you're, you could control the craft with your mind, basically. So um, I, I, you know, it's, it, it's just kind of weird that they're experimenting this with, with rats, but I think, you know, humans would be the next thing. And like I said, I think they've already doing this in the military where, like flying a drone, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, just doing it purely out of your consciousness. And, uh, you know, it's it. Have, there's this old movie called Flight of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was, I used to love was, that movie. Yeah. I really like that too. And it's such like a, it's a pretty simple movie. It came out in the 80s. It's a very like 80s movie. It's not really like, you know, great or anything. It's a Disney movie. Oh, but, um, man. But yeah, it's it. But the, uh, but I I think the elements in this movie are so like now it's like oh my gosh, you know it makes me wonder if whoever I don't know who made this movie, but it makes me wonder if whoever made this can you scroll down so we can see if some kind of inside knowledge about these crafts. Um, not too far not too far, dude. Yeah. It's just right below that. Lindsay, go back up. Can you scroll up? It, it would be right under like the director would be right underneath that. Oh. Top, yeah, yeah. Right. Keep going Keep a little going more. Right under the top cast. There you go. Director. Huh. Oh, Rubens. He did do the voice of Max. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was always like, dude, why did they get this guy to sound like Pee Wee Herman the whole time? <laughs> it's so annoying when he transfers over his voice. But okay, that makes sense that it actually is Paul Rubens that did the voice. I had no idea. That's so funny. That was the one thing I always criticized about that movie. I'm like, it makes it sound like Pee Wee Herman. Wow, it, the the young guy, Joey Kramer, turned out to be a normal looking dude. You never would have expected that from no, the never would have. in that movie. No, not at all. Wow, that's David. So interesting. If you haven't seen the movie, it, it, it's like, I, I mean, you're not going to be like blown away no, by it. There's you know? so much stuff in there. Like, you know, how, yeah. um, close encounters of the third kind or whatever was taken from <laughs> apparently the real life events. I really think like if you watch that movie, I think a ton of that stuff is real life events. Like they. Like the technology, like the even the warp, like how the ship merges into yeah. other shapes when it's doing different things. It's all very, of very it, all of it. Like, like that's why I was kind of rewatching it recently, like just parts of it, just to kind of because after everything I've been studying now, and and it, I keep finding references to that movie because of the way the ship is designed, and it's seamless. They actually talk about this in the movie. They, yeah. there's it's like completely seamless. They can't figure out how it opens. And then like just magically this like yeah. thing just, you know, just opens up in the ship. And I've heard this in real life now that some of these UFO crafts are this way. 
And, and honestly, they um, change shape. I kept thinking about this movie when you were interviewing Michael Schratt. Dude, I was thinking about it so much yeah. during that interview, and we referenced it a couple times because because of of, uh, of everything. I mean, he even mentioned in one scenario there was a craft. I can't remember how big it was. Like maybe let's just say like thirty feet or something. And he walked inside of it, and he was like, it automatically seemed to be three hundred feet inside. You know, and he and yeah. it was like you can't really explain it other than like did we just walk into another dimension? You know. So, um, yeah, this, this, you can find this on rise TV. This is the yeah, interview. If you guys yeah. are interested in UFO encounters and the data that they've, oh. they've kind of pulled together on that. He's got the mother load in his books and stuff. And Ben interviews him and he goes over a bunch of cases is really fascinating. You got to check it out. It's a two part series too. It's not just one. There's two mm -hmm. parts. And what's really fascinating seems that tesla had a lot of these ideas before and he was actually trying to get the military at the time even in the 1800s coming into like well i guess you'd say right before world war one when things were escalating he was trying to get the military to develop like he, actually he was literally working on remote controlled vehicles tesla was in yeah. like 1910 yeah and so he was saying that, you know, we could we could do this remotely to save like, you know, so people don't like our troops don't die. And so now it's like taking it one step further where it's like, OK, you're not just controlling it with a remote. It's like, yeah, you can actually now put a headset on. And then like Japan is is some company in Japan is testing recording dreams like they're coming out with this technology that yeah, you can see this. the dreams on a television or something I, that that's what they're saying like i don't know the the level of detail now but but that's the, the they're saying that they're they're developing this technology where you could like sleep with this machine on and then like wake up and it's like almost like you're watching a movie with your dreams you know i mean Honestly, that sounds Dude, really I would cool. record that because I never remember my dreams. I would want to wake up and watch what weird, like, weird, bizarre adventures I was on at night. <laughs> yeah, this is it right here. So it's Kyoto, Japan. Scientists have unlocked the potential to, to quote, read dreams, revealing the images people visualize in the initial sleep phase. According to a report, the science, the science journal, the studied... Uh, exhibited a 60% accuracy rate in deciphering these images through MRI scans. So it may not, it may kind of like appear more as like just showing different electric electricity in the brain. Yeah. But this is taking it one step further. You know, I mean the, the, the end goal of this would to be re record your actual dreams. Right. And then like, we're already doing this thing with, this is, I don't know. It's like, I, I think we're going to start seeing. I, I guarantee they have technology that can do that now. I guarantee it too. Yeah. I they mean, from because all, all the visions that you're having in your, in your brain are electromagnetic. They're yep. all electromagnetic. So if you have a device that can translate that onto a plane, you're, you've got it's it. all energy. It, it's just a matter of having a device to read that form of energetic. Sure output whatever that is you know i mean it's same thing with like infrared right we didn't know infrared existed until we had uh, a machine that could detect infrared 
So, you know, and same thing with radio waves, like all of this stuff, right? It's, yeah. it's like whatever we, we can only do what we have a machine capable of, of seeing or recording, but you know, the, the, the amount of like wavelengths of energetic wavelengths that are out there are probably like, there's countless. It's just, you know, we just don't have the ability to read all of those. So mm. including in other dimensions, even I bet, but yeah, it definitely makes you wonder if some kind of like alien technology has the ability to do these things. Okay, so um, this is interesting. We're going to go on and start talking about crows now. <laughs> so crows uh, are capable of recursion. Now, do you know what recursion is, Ben? No, I, I had to look it up because I, I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I do now, but I, I had to look it up because I actually didn't know what that meant. So if you want to. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, uh, are you going to pull something up that we can look it, at? Yeah. Cause it's hard to explain this without showing something visual, honestly. Yeah. We're going to kind of show you guys this now that we're going to pull this article up. So <laughs> go ahead, Lindsay. So recursion in humans, like if you had a complicated sentence, such mm -hmm. as the mouse the cat chased ran. You as a human understand that the cat chased is inside of the the phrase the cat ran, uh, the mouse ran, excuse me. So it's kind of inside of it, right? It sounds complicated, but we understand it. Right. Science it, thought only humans could do this kind of thing, which is called recursion, but then they started testing other animals. Right. So, so it, because, and actually, I, I think, uh, the Chinese language probably probably fits this the best if you could speak Chinese, because each each character there's so many so much in depthness. Like when you form a sentence in Chinese, that it can mean multiple. Yeah. But, but I mean, I know that's kind of a little bit different because it has multiple meanings. But at the same time, you can understand it in so many different ways if you speak that language. In English, it's a little bit different because things are more direct. But like you said, Lindsay, it's like, okay, you know, like if this crow or, you know, is being chased by. It's like it's like whether or not they can create and use these sort of patterns to create new patterns out of them it's in a sense. Right. And so these ones aren't sentences, they're symbols. But right. You can see that the parentheses are on the inside or the brackets oh, are on okay. the inside. They're center embedded. This is a non-recursive sequence because it's random. It's random in the center. Right. This one they, is more complex because it's like three. So theoretically, yeah, an yeah. animal shouldn't be able to understand that there is a center embedded thing and be able to pick it out in a long sort of sequence, but they can. Right. So crows, you know, I mean, they're some of the smartest animals on the planet. Um, they can make decisions, use tools and know what numbers are. And they can also understand this recursion, like basically what this is, which is the process of embedding structures in other similar structures, which was, of course, thought to be a uniquely human ability. So humans can build elaborate sentences from simple ones. Um, an example uh, is what Lindsay brought up before, which is like yeah. the mouse, the cat chase ran. Here, the 
cat chased is enclosed with the mouse ran, right? And so crows can kind of do this too. Now, what's interesting is in 2020, monkeys and humans were studied. Both saw a display with two pairs of bracket symbols in a, in a random order. The subjects were trained to identify when a recursive se sequence was center embedded like a pair of brackets that matched in the center. After the subjects were shown completely new brackets and saw how often they arranged them in a recursive manner, two of three monkeys generated recursive sequences more often than non-recursive sequences. Humans could obviously do it too. And three to four-year-olds formed recursive sequences in 40% of the trials. I, I think food is a mean... You know, if, if you're hungry, you can almost get your willpower to do anything for food and, yeah. and, and animals, you know, it's like, oh, okay, what, what do I need to do to get this food? Right. You just so figure it out. You just figure it out. And that's right. why, you know, and I, I think they're, you know, obviously we're not seeing it as much in nature because there's no way to scientifically like study this stuff. Right. You're just seeing how animals respond to things like a perfect example uh, there's a video of these three family of whales and there's a seal on an iceberg and these whales figured out how to swim underneath it. And, and they're, they're working simultaneously, all three of them together where they're creating a ripple of water that's forcing that throws the 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 seal off the iceberg and then right. they, they 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 went after the seal and and it was like they have to work together to get the water to like get powerful enough to throw the seal off and right. so there there was a video I saw a long time ago showing this exact sequence and they're like we've never seen this before and and again it's like you know when animals are hungry they'll do whatever you know whatever however they need to communicate with each other to to help you know if that's the case so i i think you know we could probably see this in a lot of different animals yeah check this out the birds so the crows or the birds performed on par with children 40 percent of the time but the crows did not need extra training to get there but monkeys did mm -hmm. so the crows are smarter than monkeys dude mm. yeah they're very intelligent that's crazy I mean, if you befriend a, a, a crow, you know, like leave gifts for you and everything. <laughs> yeah, we had that uh, that <laughs> metaphysical clip that went super viral of the of the crows. Oh, yeah, you that's right. Harder with that. them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's cool. That's 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 the shock of my face realizing you can barter with birds. <laughs> that's what that was. All right. Well, should we move on to uh, uh, Q and A, or is there anything? Let's see. Yeah, um, yeah, I think we should. We're. Do you want to? Is there something you want to talk about, Ben? <laughs> well, we. Well, just real quick. This is hilarious. Mariah Carey is facing a twenty million dollar lawsuit over "All I Want for Christmas Is You." <laughs> is it because we have to hear it too often at Christmas time? That's what I was hoping. This is about. But allegedly, um, uh, Andy Stone, who's also a musician, is saying that Mariah Carey uh, infringed upon a, a copyright of his song. He's, well, he said he co-wrote it, titled All I Want for Christmas is You, in 1989. He's accusing her of copying his 
uh, compositional structure and directly copying lyrics. Approximately 50% of the song is copyright infringement. That's what he's saying. So it's going to court. So we'll see what, what happens. The song wasn't released until 1994. So, or I think that's right. It was 94. Yeah. But um, yeah, the song came out in 1994. So he wants a piece of that. He wants to the billions she's made from that song. That's what I'm just wondering. You know? Yeah. He's but, like, I'm old now. I'm not writing any more Christmas songs. All he wants <laughs> for Christmas now is all I want from that lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, okay. Why don't we get into our uh, jump over? So we're going to leave Rumble, Facebook, Ganging World, Twitter, and everywhere else for streaming and head over to rise.tv. So be sure to join us because we'll definitely have our live Q and a with the questions in the live chat. And then as well as our top 10 weirder news of the week that we do every Friday on rise TV. So join us for just nine 99 a month and support our work. And um, don't forget that your support lets us do these deep dives and brings you the truth that the censors don't want you to hear. So we're going to show the trailer and then we'll, we'll see you over. See you guys over on rise TV. All right. See you guys over there. War, conquest, death. Most World War II historians will highlight the politics of the time, but gloss over the truth behind Hitler's quest for power. The blood-spattered trail the Nazis smeared across the globe cannot be forgotten even today. But what if details were lost in the aftermath of the manic effort to create a Third Reich? Or what if they were left out of the history books on purpose? What if the Nazis were searching for something else? Particular artifacts Hitler had researched feverishly in his darkest days. Objects so extraordinary, he believed they held the answer to world domination. Objects that had the power to change the course of history itself. These were the relics of power. Of all the relics the Nazis sought to find, there was one valued above the rest. One that would secure the destiny of their rule and guarantee it for a thousand years to come. One with a history that began in antiquity, the most mysterious of all the relics, the Spear of Destiny.